podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Yes, a few days after um, Arsenal Liverpool. What better, what better way of celebrating life, the universe, and everything than listening to four old dudes in recovery from that game? We have. At what age do you become? Josh, let me introduce you for God's sake. Wait, hold on, hold on. We have sidekick, psychic Josh Landy from his Soho House style office in deepest North London. Hi, Josh. Well, you can. Well, Boy, you can at, what, in, uh, at what age do you become an old dude? Because I've just turned 34. Ollie's not even 34 yet. He's 33. We're not old dudes. I'm not having it. Yeah, thanks for not including me there, Josh. But go no problem. Yeah, that, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm referring. To be fair, I'm referring mainly to myself. Yeah. Boy, though, we were upset enough with um, with what happened with Arsenal at the weekend. We don't need a old dude and you sounding, you know, so so unhappy with this situation. Do you know what? Obviously, it was uh, it was frustrating. I need to let you introduce the guest. It was frustrating what happened Saturday. And then it always feels a little bit easier after a day or two passed. And then Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher could not have made me feel worse last night did you see some of their yeah. stuff maybe we'll get into it yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna start with that yeah actually uh yeah absolutely dan roebuck is here voice of football and sport who's got a, uh, yeah um <laughs> how are you dan yeah not too bad still reeling after that defeat it was a shocking performance um yeah and usually i come on here and and and, and defend uh, Arsenal to yeah. the hill, but the, the, it's going to be a struggle, I think, for this one. It's but you know, it's going to be a tough even Mikel even Mikel Arteta said it was unacceptable. So I'm, I'm still towing the party line somehow. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And Ollie Shorts, chocolate magnet. Ollie Shorts joined us from <clears throat> from the lavish Berkshire room. I notice. Oh yeah, you can you can probably see it in the background. Yeah, yeah. I've booked out a uh, meeting room for this. So um... wow. Wow, you work. You're, you're not. You're not WFH. You're W. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm working from working from home three days a week. Not working from. Sorry, working from the office three days a week. Two right, days a week at home. Right. We we should say Ollie has been running a competition for his chocolate company that you can win. Chop was it Ollie chocolate for life? You can be a chocolate yeah, taste. Yeah, chocolate taste for chocolate. life. Yeah, yeah. All Which you need to do is go go down to your bucket. local Sainsbury's and. Uh, pick up a, a bar and review seed and bean um, 
and you can find everything from our website. So exciting times if you want a lifetime supply of chocolate. Why have you yeah. not been sending out free chocolate to, to important influencers and old dudes like Boyd Hilton who can then... Uh, oh, Boyd has had his chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, to be fair to Ollie, he sent me a lavish supply of chocolate. Oh, wow. um, I should really do it again, shouldn't I, Boyd? You know, so you can, hmm. you can, you can plug it to I mean, your, your hundreds of thousands expecting... of followers. I was expecting a uh, Easter egg, but that's fine. I- I've dealt with it. Um, <laughs> Boyd, you lose like quite a big time. Huh? Sorry, Josh. Well, I'm saying Boyd looks like he's just taken the gulp of the most expensive drink he could probably find. It's like a cloudy apple colour, the sort of thing Waitrose <laughs> would stock in a niche section. What is you know it? What? it was from Waitrose. It was from Waitrose. It's, it's Fentiman's Victorian lemonade, Josh. It's a classic. <laughs> I thought it was. Um, yeah. Anyway. We can't prattle on like this for, for much longer. We have to address the. Uh, it was a, it was absolute new low, wasn't it? I mean, I think I think that's what everyone's reading reading from. It's no, there's no disgrace in losing to Liverpool. There's not even any disgrace to losing to Liverpool three 0 And I think we we were unlucky enough to have met Liverpool just when they've gotten into some form, um, having had their bad period, which is almost akin to our bad period when they lost like loads of games at home in a row. And they're they they're perfectly good. They're really good. I mean, against us, but we were abject, weren't we, Dan? And I guess my first to talk about this Gary Neville thing last night <laughs> to address it first of all I mean we've had a few everyone knows what happened in the game so we don't need to analyze it that much but I think the fallout and the and the, having had a chance to think about it for a few days is is, is interesting isn't it because Gary Neville was say, said basically that after showing us a lack of press shall we say um, from our players and a lack of application particularly the front line he was talking about how um, you know, it's kind of either them or Arteta. You know, Arteta, he, he was kind of implying in a, the old cliche of lost, not the lost addressing, but was on the verge of it, wasn't it? He was basically saying he was really worried, really, if you're an Arsenal fan, be afraid of the abjectness of that performance. What did you make of his um, verdict? Well, I was just about to, just on the Gary Neville line, this is the first that I've heard that there is some sort of potential you know, player power. It's not been stressed in any newspaper. It's not been on any website. As far as I can see, it's not been on any Twitter feed. I don't think so anyway. So why should we believe Gary Neville when he says it's either the players or the the manager? I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I, I mean, going into the game, when I saw it was Nat Phillips and, uh, and Quebec at the back for Liverpool, I thought that they might have been gettable, but um, obviously that wasn't the case because those two defenders who both played in Germany last season, one in the second tier, and, and, and Quebec played for Schalke this season, who are the worst team in the Bundesliga by an absolute stretch. I thought they might be gettable, but, that, but you know, they were too good and, and Arsenal weren't at the races, unfortunately. But the Gary Neville thing, I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure I, I believe what he says. You know? Is, there, is, yeah, I, is, I think... is, is, is it the forward line or the money? I mean, where has that come from? Is, was that the first time you heard it? Yeah, the first time I heard it. I, I thought he was. I thought he. I thought it was. Um, I thought he was getting a bit carried away. Think about Monday night. It's interesting about Monday night football. I've got a whole thing about Monday night football. I think it. it I love it. I absolutely love it. And there was a very entertaining um, post-match discussion about who they they picked their England squads, England teams. Um, Jamie Carragher and him, and that was very entertaining. Both of them left out Saka, by the way, which I thought was a disgrace. We'll get to that later. Um, but there is a thing about. Um, 
that program where which encourages Neville and Carragher to to say stuff that is very provocative and you know and I think yeah, exactly. that's great and exactly. I'm not complaining about it but I think this was, for me this was part of that it was like we were terrible but I think his he was kind of working his way up to this thing wasn't he of saying something very and I, I agree with you I don't think there's much evidence I think my my theory I've got a theory as to what happened particularly with that front line and with Aubameyang particularly Aubameyang, Aubameyang looked mightily pissed off from quite early on in the game and had some terrible moments by his standards, you know, like, but I think he was pissed off by being out there on the left again with Lacazette and Pepe, which is not, which I don't can remember, can barely remember ever working particularly well. And he was not only was he out on the left, he was spent most of the game kind of was almost like in, in the left, you know, um, back position, kind of somewhere trying to stop, Trent Alexander Arnold, and it was it was just a, and he was clearly like, why are you playing I, I, from his from Aubameyang's point of view? I can totally see why he would be thinking, why is my manager playing me, one of Europe's best strikers, in this position, when you know just fucking bite the bullet, make a decision, play me with three creative players behind me, which is what who would recently. who would you have played on the left then? Uh, Martinelli maybe. Mm, yeah, true. You know, yeah. Yeah. He played this. I was gonna, so I was going to mention that as, as to that question. When we beat Chelsea 3 1, which is the turning point of, of our season until this disastrous reverse, you know, the, the team we played against Chelsea when we beat them 3 1, which led to them, which was part of led to them sacking their manager and getting a brilliant manager in. We played that day, if you let me remind you, Lacazette was up front and Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, and Martinelli were behind him. And mm. it worked really well. And the midfield was El Neni which was going to come to team selection and Xhaka. And Pablo Marie played in centre-back next to Holding. And I just think, but I think particularly those young players, those young, thrusting, skillful, creative players, I think we need them so bad. Martinelli hasn't been playing pretty much since that Chelsea game. You know, he came in, we all thought, okay, here we go. But since then, he's been on the bench, hardly made an appearance. I think the only other time was... um, that he could have started, didn't he pull up and injured? Was that, was that that's before? right, yeah. yeah was that's that just right. before the Chelsea game or just after the Chelsea? I, I, I can't remember. But he's not been in around that, that starting eleven, or even getting an appearance off the bench since we beat Chelsea 3-1. You know, Saka, Smith-Rowe were injured, so he couldn't, you know, put his faith in the kids. So really, he, he might have had no choice but to play our captain on the left-hand side, who should just be busting your gut because he wants to... We needed three points. It was a really big three points when you look at the table and you look at the results that happened over over the the course of the weekend. You know, how we could be in a a real challenge um, to get, you know, Europa League places if we had picked up the three points. And I just thought the Aubameyang performance was... It came across to me as, as a player still pissed off with what happened at the Tottenham game. And and that also the previous weekend um, at West Ham. What yeah, did I you mean, think not the... to... Sorry, Josh, go on. No, no, not to diminish Neville and Carragher enjoying having back and forth. I, th- I think you're clearly right on that. But Neville showing those clips... Um, it has some truth. I mean, you you know, those, those clips were not fabricated of the, and we we all saw it with our own eyes. The the lack of, um, it felt like desire and pressing that was going on, and, and whether 
you know, Arteta seemed very, very keen to put some of the blame on himself in terms of the tactics and the way he he put out the team and said that well, he had, right. you know, a lot to learn from it. Um, but it, it was it was a worrying lack of uh, of intensity in what Oli did say is a is a big game, and you can't go okay. We didn't have Smith Rowe, and we didn't have Saka, and we didn't have Jacker. It doesn't matter. Like any any players out there, the lack of intensity was massively concerning. And you know, okay, Oli, you can say you know it was a big game in terms of Europa League hopes. We're not going to get into the Europa League, and it won't be because we lost to Liverpool. It will be you know. It will be the Burnley at home, Villa at home, all those games at home in you know November that will ultimately cost us. But that level of performance does very little when you're thinking of the whole. You know, we're in a period of transition with Arteta. Things are slowly improving because that was as as big a step backwards as I think we probably had at, at any point. And that says something when you consider how crap we were, you know, four months ago. But my issue is, from, from what um, Ollie was saying about that he is our captain, but I, I, all I'm saying is I think it must be frustrating for a great striker, a great forward like him, to have been told to play where he was playing, where he spent most of that game playing. And I think, and I'm not kind of excusing the, um, I'm just saying it's on a human level. And I think also, by the way, that the whole Arteta thing of taking the blame for it wasn't symbolic like I think I think it wasn't because actually he's very rarely done that I was thinking all the times when we were, when we were in our worst period you know early in the season when we had the real downward spiral um I remember watching all the pre- all the press conferences and all the um, post-match interviews and he very rarely said it's my fault I don't think he ever did in fact whereas he really did this time, and I think he believed it I think he I, I think he generally screwed that game up I think he, the team selection Sabios playing next to, you know, who hardly ever played uh, um, in that two in midfield. I said that front line, um, playing the way he set us out, the way he seemed to say, like, I don't know, with a vague pressing, brain pressing plan or vague sit back and let them come on us. And uh, fuck knows what the plan was. But what he, seemed, it was, he, it, he seemed it to want to go. Yeah, no, he didn't. And I think because he's had success against, you know, the, the best sides in the country since he, he took over you know there's always a bit of expectation uh, expectation that he can get the job done you know FA Cup finals semi-finals big big you know league games towards the end of last season and and just specific games against United or City or or Chelsea and and okay the Liverpool win last season was a was a bit odd because they'd already won the title uh, and it was a bit of a strange game but I think there was always a belief that he could get it right for one-off games and I still sort of believe that a little bit but I thought he tried to go you know, long quite a bit. You know, Burnt Lane yeah. seems to seem to go long more often than he has done previously. Right. But but when when we've seen Arsenal play against Man City and they've pressed and it's gone wrong, we've always shouted saying, "Look, you know, you've, you've got to try and mix this up a little bit. You've got to try and go long." And I th- I thought it was a, an interesting idea, but it just obviously well, didn't work. But you're right. We went along a lot, didn't we? It was almost yeah, like that. and that's really lot. unusual. If you if you consider yeah, totally even, unusual. Even, even like you know against the, the Man City, I remember the Man City game, and and they're just on Arsenal straight away, and you're thinking you've got to you've got to do something differently here because this isn't working. You can't just keep sticking to playing out from the back. Um, and he, he, I thought he went long, and I don't know. Lacazette seemed to be 
you know, on his own uh, quite a bit. And he never stuck and he, and he was isolated a little bit. And, and every single out ball never got to anybody, did it? It was always picked up by a Liverpool player in, in, under no real pressure. I mean, Aubameyang on the left-hand side, we've had this debate loads of times, haven't we? And, and he still scored plenty of goals from there. But, you know... If... Yeah, but, it's, but the way he was deployed in this particular game seems yeah. particularly defensive and like... And really, is that you're asking your... Aubameyang to be to be tracking back and, and marking yeah, as Alexander-Arnold. As, as Ollie says, says, you, you know, Martinelli would do would, would just do that. Or the perception of him is he sure. would do that because he's just energetic and industrious, and he would he he would just get involved there. Uh, I don't know what his injury and, and fitness situation is. Maybe that's why he's not been playing as often as recently. But yeah, it's it's there's there's no there's no way you can go with this. I don't think really you can't um, you can't spin it positively no. at all. But Ollie, just it's, it's, when you see like it's it's a kind of eternal question, isn't it? When the players don't seem to be applying themselves in the game, and and you know they they take the brunt of the criticism, it, like and yet I think the problem we've got is with Arteta is that if he does something, if he like he I think he'd reached the point recently when he, he'd established a style of play, you know, with often with Aubameyang in the middle and the three creative players behind him. In the Odegaard era, for example, since Odegaard arrived, right, he's been playing with the number 10 and other pacey creative players. And it's worked out pretty well, apart from, you know, the odd blip. And then yet against Liverpool, he seemed to completely dispense with that entirely and revert to a kind of a mix between when we used to play these, as Dan was talking about, these one-off big games, but often we played with three at the back in those games, right? And and we counter a tracker, that would work. But it seemed to complete mishmash of tactics and I, I i think that and i literally think in a way that does excuse the i think i do blame him more than i blame the players because i think if you set them out in, like that wrong and they can see it and they're frustrated with it then what what do they do they, they that, that frustration is going to manifest itself in their performance isn't it no you, you're right you'll you'll be frustrated as a player to be a the tactics that was clearly told to them but also the performance that those individual players put in was also terrible. It was yeah. it was beyond anything that you would expect, even if those were Arteta's tactics. And he said, this is how we're going to play against Liverpool. We didn't muster a shot, really, in, in anger, right? I don't think, across the 90 minutes. But this also isn't just the Liverpool game. This has been going on for the best part of a year or so. You know, if you go back to last season, when we didn't get a shot and goal against Aston Villa who were in a relegation fight at the same time that we were in a fight to qualify for the Europa League. So throughout the last 12 months, we, we have had it in ourselves to have performance again, like we did against Liverpool, like we have done against Burnley when we were in that rut, also against West Ham at the beginning of the season. You know, this isn't just one game, which is my concern, where he just got it terribly wrong. But hasn't he? But he just arrested that. That, but we hadn't played like that recently. Though I, I, that's that's why that feels such a step back. Because well, hang on, Boyd. Yeah, Boyd. I mean, that, that West Ham wasn't very long ago. You know, we we were three 0 down against a, yeah, a of West course. Ham side quite quite recently. Well, we that scored was, three. We scored three, and we were we were very very good once we turned it around. But it it was you know pretty. Pretty alarming um, that performance, and there's been a, been a few others. Crystal I mean, Palace what I home. thought was what I thought was strange was, I mean, was it? Did I hear right that he said it was almost a free hit? We, he used just to say phrase, we had sixteen. Let's just to say right against West Ham, we had sixteen shots, seven on target. West Ham, that's pretty good. I, I know, I know. So we had a horrendous first half. 
I know, I know, I know. But I'm, but I still think this is. I, I still think the way we he this set them out against worse. West Ham. This is much, much worse. This was on a whole different level. And this was he set them out differently. He his orders seem to be different, including as Dan was referring to the bizarre frequency of kicking up from the goalkeeper right up to, to, no, to no one. It, it all seemed and different. I, and so to, 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 but I think he did have options. I don't think that's true. He, did, he could have played. No, no, played. I mean, I mean, it just felt there were moments where the ball was going bad. And I don't know, maybe it was just with Ceballos and, you know, the, the situation they had in, in, the, in the middle of the park. The options weren't there, and oh, that's when you go long, when you don't have enough options of, yeah, but, of outlets of where to put your ball, and that's to Liverpool's credit. But Arteta, before the game, referring to the game as a free hit, I mean... Yeah, that was bizarre, wasn't it? What's we that weren't late in Orient travelling away to the Emirates in a FA Cup tie. This was Arsenal at home, you know, against Liverpool, a team who would have been within, you know, not quite touching distance, you know, on, on top yeah, of close. really in terms of the league position. I mean, it would have been two points behind strange... them if we'd won that game. Yeah, and he, yeah, that it's, was... it's a strange, you when know, you... if the... we're going to get into Europe, we would, you know, they're one of the teams we should have been potentially, you know, targeting to uh, to try and overturn. But that was a, that was a strange comment. And, you know, just, it, it's yet another game we haven't scored at home this season. I mean, that, that used to just not happen. And I did see a stat, I, I think it's basically, it was, one game in each of the last four seasons prior to this one, we failed to score at home in the league. And I think we're on, seven. am I right? We're on seven yeah. for this season. Something extraordinary. So, you know, to have to have a, you know, to have Arsenal failing to score in, in seven home league games is also baffling. It, 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 but it our is team baffling. isn't, you know, you look at that 11. That is, you know, that's a good 11. You know, if you Pepe, if you'd said at the start of last season, you know, you got Pepe, Lacazette, Aubameyang. I know we're going back to last season, but against, you know, two suspect, as Dan said, centre-backs, mm. you know, you'd be licking your lips a little bit here. People, and people I just don't want right now. those three together. Right now, so, and I'm interested in what everyone thinks here, do you think Aubameyang will be our captain next season? I'm, st- I'm starting to think it, it, it can't be. We, we are unusual, aren't we? I, I, don't think I, don't, I don't even think... There's not even another Premier League club who have got a centre-forward as a captain. You know, Harry it's Kane's unusual. Captain. Harry Kane. No, okay. Hugo Lloris is their captain. Yeah, Lloris is their captain. Harry Kane's England. Um, you've got the most... You know, you've probably got... I don't Greenish, think it matters who the captain is. Like, so, no, I think the, cap, the captain of the club Thanks, is an example. And at the moment, we've got... <laughs> yeah, uh, right. <laughs> We've got a problem, don't we? We've got, we've got a problem. I don't think it's a, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. I, don't, I, think, um, I think he'll stay captain. I think, uh, I, I think the Aubameyang thing is like, he's got to stop. This has got to be the end, hasn't it, of him on the left experiment. He was so woeful. But he's it worked to, last I, year, Boyd. It worked last well, year. Well, he scored a lot I, of goals from there. It worked, it worked every now and then, didn't it? I'm not sure if it worked. But he scored. He, he got 20 goals last year. I think he was joint top goal scorer. Maybe he was one off getting the golden boot. Yeah. This is a player that, you know, last season when we had, again, a t- another terrible season, um, and it's going to be even worse this season. But, you know, he was scoring lots of goals from the, from the left. And suddenly but we're, we had we're a saying... Three, it, was different, it was a different setup back then, though, wasn't it? He was less reliant. We, didn't re- we weren't relying on him so much to track back and be defensive in that formation. In this formation, it's different. I, I think, and I think it's... It's you know it, well, it brings it all back to Arteta and the tactics and, yeah, and the does. players well, and the players that he's brought in. You know, I think if you look at Partey, um, he's, he's very hit and miss. One minute he looks like he's absolutely bossing the midfield, and then the next game 
he, he looks anonymous. Um, and that's a, that's a concern. Gabriel, you know, I was worried every time he passed the ball out that he was going to, he's going to lose it. And lo and behold, you know, for the, the third goal, which ultimately killed the game, you know, that's what he did. And it's, it is concerning, you know, what's, what's going on and, and the players that we're bringing in and what they're bringing to, to the team. Odegaard, I felt a bit sorry for him. I felt that he was anonymous the whole game and that wasn't helped by the players behind him, not allowing him time on the ball. The right um, runs weren't being made by the attacking players. And overall, throughout 90 minutes, it was just tactically poor. But also for Arteta to take complete blame, I think is harsh because those players, they should have performed at a better and higher level than they did. Sure. But I guess my point, Dan, is that with us, we're so kind of with, I think, you know, essentially we're, we're so fragile that if, if the manager sets, sends them out with the wrong message, you know, with the free hit, with the, this team selection, with, you know, I think various elements elements about it felt completely wrong to me. Then, then we can't cope with that. With our players are so fragile, they can't cope with that. I mean, my, here's a question for you: He didn't re, he he didn't make an unenforced substitution until what the seventy something minute when Martinelli came on. I thought that was incredible. I, I have to say, yeah, I know he, they had the tyranny injury, yeah. but I was amazed he didn't change things at half time. We were so terrible. Well, it's, it's it's interesting because when he first came in, he did those things, didn't he? He changed things at half time, and when we had that that odd break, project restart he was lauded for the fact that he could get his players together and change things and make those alterations. And, you know, Arsene Wenger, you could set your, your whole life by him making his, his, his substitutions in the second half. But I thought he was, he was different when he first came. I mean, he didn't make changes. It surprised me a little bit. Uh, I, he's such a strange one. I mean, I'm, I'm with Ollie. The, the players have, have got to take more responsibility themselves. They, they should have put more of a shift in. I just looked at the stat there. I didn't realise that Party and Sabias had only started one game together previously yeah. this season. That was that yeah. was the defeat against Leicester at home, um, and it just it just didn't fit properly, did it? Um, but you, you you still expect more. And also, when you look at the goals, you can you can see that they are preventable. We're not to, uh, yes, Liverpool played well, and I guess that they created chances from better play that they didn't actually finish with a goal. But it's it was a really disappointing sort of day all round. Taxis di- didn't work. Player select probably wasn't right and energy and effort was missing as well so you're ticking all the boxes of a bad performance and they all came together um and yeah you expect more and as i was saying before you, you there was so much clamor for that forward three to start and now the question marks are in about all of them i i don't know it's it's a difficult it was a difficult day and it and and it's and I always thought that Arsenal had an outside, well, more than outside chance of Europa League. And because of all that battle for a top four, you just needed to put some wins together. And you might have been on the, on the fringes mm. of Champions League, but now there's too many clubs and there's too many points. Uh, and to put it all in that Europa League basket just for European qualification, that's going to be tough, I think, isn't it? Yeah, he's got. To, I mean, he's got to forget about the league, hasn't it? I mean, I, I, for the... well, when, that, when, when the team came out, for which game was it? Was it Spurs? Um, and people were saying, well, he's obviously just going for the Europa League then. He couldn't have been Spurs game. I can't remember. There's an awful lot maybe. of chat. Burnley or Leicester. Wasn't it Leicester? Was it, was Leicester, it, was it, it was the Leicester game. It was the Leicester game, yeah. And you think, right, well, that's definitely it. And then suddenly, a couple of good performances, and then it swings back to, oh, well, actually, maybe he's not. 
because because genuinely it's like what 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 is his favoured first choice eleven? And you could how many how many spots could you name that he would definitely start with? Keeper, t- yeah. you know, if all fit, keeper, Tierney, Saka, Party. Odegaard at the moment. He has played Odegaard every single game, I think, since he arrived. He has recent, well, yeah, he has well, recent. Aubameyang, we know, would start, but we just don't would know Would start somewhere. But yeah. even then, the question marks come recently when he, when he dropped him for Spurs. It's, it's, um, you, you don't know, do you? You don't know the best 11. Does he know the best 11? Does he, sw- does he change for different games, potentially? You know, yeah, I mean, he I mean, works we, we with really Guardiola, all right, doesn't it? We, we really don't know. I mean, we, no more obvious than... We're down to probably what a couple of weeks ago felt like our third choice right back is is suddenly our first choice right back in the <laughs> yeah. you know in in a couple of recent games and he's got a resurgence of Callum Chambers who's, who's done perfectly you know particularly very well uh, in the West Ham game and suddenly you're looking at Cedric on on the bench and Bellerin and then when there was a problem it was it was Cedric who who came on uh, instead of uh, instead of Tierney look we, you just have to hope it you know it's. Arsenal this season, if they've been one thing, it's inconsistent and, you know, didn't think they were going to go to Leicester and, and get that win. Didn't think they were going to go to Old Trafford and get that win, beat, beat Spurs at home. And, you know, I think I looked earlier, I think we're 14 to one now to get in the top six of the Premier League. And, and no, it's as Dan not said, I think it's not happening. There, are, there are too many teams involved who... Run, running, 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 according to league position, is easy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think we will get yeah. points. Just we've, just we've not got over, enough. yeah, we've got over the tough games now. But the reality is, so if we now it's just fascinating home, that it, you know, I mean, can you imagine if we hadn't got that very late goal, um, you know, in in the Europa League round of sixteen? You know, it, it would just be so. Thank thank God there is the Europa League to keep this season um, alive, and that there is, you know, we are. Um, well, we second favourites to win the Europa League, I think, behind mm. Manchester United. So, you know, I don't Here know. We go. I, it's good that there's now a couple of massive, massive Thursday nights because, yeah, it feels like it, it feels like a game show where you you're either going to win the star prize or you're going home with nothing. <laughs> and um, maybe, maybe this, maybe we can still get the star prize. Not well, sure. It's, it's, we're not we're not going to be in the Europa League next year. That's guaranteed. That's pretty much guaranteed. So we're we, not yeah, going to be but, in the Champions yeah, League yeah. or nothing. Well, if we hang on, Dan, is it if we finish seventh, we end up in this new European com- com- what well, the Europa Conference, Conference League? Yeah, yes, it's possible. Can we not discuss? Well, I think it depends in competition. Yeah, let's. let's, yeah, let's yeah, I'm with Ollie on Do you know one. what? It's not. It's it's on the face of it. You're absolutely right. Um, but I looked at the teams who who could qualify. Who, if if the season stopped now, who would be in it? And it and it feels pretty much exactly like the Europa League. To be honest, there's some good teams in there, and there's teams some teams you've never heard of. But yeah, I, it's if if Spurs win the um, Carabao, Carabao that, that's a position that gets you a Conference League spot. So they would hold that unless they qualify for a Champions League, and then it would drop down to seventh. Um, I think, okay. and then it all depend. I think it might depend on the, the the FA Cup winner takes a Europa League group stage spot, so it can change a little bit. It it, it feels depressing in one sense because it's a new competition and you might get drawn away to play some Albanian and Icelandic team, but in another way, they'd still be like a Roma and a Lille and a you know. Uh, oh, and these, some money, extra some money from, from some. I mean, yeah, the exactly. club. 
Yeah. The club needs the club every fucking be, penny. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah desperate for I'm something gonna, for us to do. I'm yeah. going to ask the big question in a minute after this. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break and then we'll 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 address the big issue. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. Um, I, I think the big issue for me is that has he, has Arteta improved us? At all, right? So there's a big, there's an ongoing Twitter debate at the moment. Um, particularly, I'd, I'd see it with very but Alan Alga, I mentioned last week, Alan Alga and LeGrove, two um, former, two guests we've had on quite a lot, not LeGrove so much, where LeGrove talks about the eye test and he thinks that we've visibly, palpably improved when you look at how we play. So, if, so you've got the Liverpool game, obviously, but, uh, you know, if you, if, if you consider that to be a slight blip, because of in how terrible we were, but generally since the since you know since the turn of the year and the last you know run of games and we've we've beaten some big teams, we've put we've made some fairly decent performances since I think since Emil Smith Rowe came into the team, frankly, yep. we've had creativity and blah blah blah, and he thinks the the improvement is palpable. Alan Algus says statistically we're surprise, surprise. yeah well statistically, <laughs> but to be fair to him, he's right, isn't he? Factually, factually, in his uh, first fifty games, Arteta is worse than Emery, worse than Wenger, and has not improved us seemingly in any way, statistically, apart from maybe defensively. I think we've let in fewer goals. I know we've let in fewer goals than in the 50 games, the last 50 games of Emery and Wenger. And maybe our XG or whatever was, was, you know. But generally, it doesn't look good if you look at the stats. Which way do you look at it? Do you think we have improved? Do you think that's... Do you think we have... Oli, what's your feeling? I'm... I don't think we have. I'm, I'm, but I do believe that Arteta will be our manager at least going into to next season, and and I'm not quite sure how I feel about it um, because I I just haven't seen enough um, from a from an Arsenal manager from a performance. Um, he speaks very well, um, and and we all you know. We've coming when you come from Emery to Arteta and, and the way that they're communicating in press conferences, um, you know, it's worlds apart. But when it comes to performance, I've seen too many disappointing performances, even since the turn of the year um, and that Chelsea game when everything all seemed rosy again. I mentioned earlier on, you know, we had the Crystal Palace performance at home. We've had the the half an hour against West West Ham when we were three 0 down. You can't, you can't you can't theoretically win a game when you're giving a, a team a three-goal head start. We've had Liverpool performance. We've had, you know, the Olympiacos at home performance. Um, there's just too many, you know, 
issues going on right now and I just get concerned and you can always in every season you're always going to have one or two games where we'll be surprised you know such as Leicester such as beating Manchester United but every every team will have that in every season you know Fulham went away to Liverpool Burnley went away to Liverpool and Brighton went away to Liverpool (laughs) and teams went away to Liverpool but they all won um and are we going to say, and we're going to base everything based on a great performance against Leicester and a great performance against Chelsea? For me, no. That, that, you can't base um, the future of the club based on a couple of good performances. He will be manager, I have no doubt about it. I, I don't think we've improved. Dan? I think it, the eye test is an interesting one because when he came to the club to take over last season, there was much more of an emphasis, I think, on organisation and defence, and the wins were sort of workmanlike, by and large, rather than spectacular. But there seemed to be more of them, and they were bigger wins. They they were key wins. They were cup final wins, semi final wins. So they, but but you never thought that Arsenal were playing out of their skin, and and, and it wasn't like the Arsenal that that we that we want and that we've come accustomed to over the years. Um, this season, there's been flashes of that. Um, and I know it's a level down, but if you win all your Europa League group stage games, you know, and be, just be very efficient, there's something for that. But there's just not, you know, the, the last hour against West Ham, the game against Leicester, certain p- uh, um, performances this season have been better on the eye than last season, but there's not been enough of them. That's, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, it's, it's you, you're, you're sort of gaining something, but losing something else. And the, the but, you know, the bottom line is Arsenal, what, the 10th? Yeah. So, you know, and and probably not going to get a Europa League spot. I mean, you never know. But it, it, it seems everything is in that Europa League basket. As it, You know, last season, everything was in the FA Cup basket, which was a fantastic, you know, semi-final and final win. This is, this is, this is feels different. I mean, on, on the face of it, it's, it's not as difficult, is it? The teams that are, put in front of Arsenal to win the Europa League than, than winning the FA Cup last season. This should be easier. And if you get back into yeah. the Champions League, that'd be huge. But two legs Obviously. is different, isn't it? Two legs makes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, Josh, what do you think? Do you think we've improved? Under our test? I'm, I'm probably with Dan. I mean, ultimately, the biggest limits test is, is the league table. There have been undeniable improvements at points during this season where you thought we have looked significantly more solid. We're not having, with the same regularity, the amount of games where it feels like our goal is being peppered and, you know, it, it becomes a matter of time. So there have been improvements about aspects of our play. But overall, you know, we're 10th we're in a season where you didn't need to have an exceptionally high total to be in fourth position or fifth position and... You know, I mean, West, for, um, where are West Ham? West Ham are they fourth, fourth. now? West Ham? fourth, fourth. Yeah. West Ham are fourth. Yeah. Are they really yeah. better than Arsenal? Well, I agree. Yeah, but that says something about the coaches, doesn't it? I mean, imagine if we'd, you know, imagine if we'd got their manager, people would have been up in arms, <laughs> wouldn't they? They would have Look, been. I, 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 let's go. It's wrong. interesting. Isn't it? It's very interesting. Will, Arteta will always have a bit more, um, you know, credit with the fans. One because he's a former player. Two, because the FA Cup success was that good. And Dan's point is bang on the money that 
we had much less chance of going on to win the FA Cup from having a one-off tie against Man City and Chelsea than we than we do sitting here right now with forget it. It doesn't matter. That we've got you know a couple of legs um, against Slavia Prague, and then we've got isn't it the winner of Villarreal and Zagreb? Is that right? And then yep. and then a yep. final. We sit here in a better chance of winning the Europa League than we did of the FA Cup at you know at uh, one stage earlier. So. Um, Hey, if we win the FA, if we win the Europa, obviously they're all just forgiven. I'm not talking yeah, about now. No, Arteta's done enough. Another season, done enough. For sure, another. Yeah, done enough to get. Has he improved? Yeah, he's got to be back for one more season. Done enough. Different. Uh, Has he, have uh, he overall? Uh, no, because you'd okay. say where, where are we in the in in the league at, at the moment, and even if we had a wildly successful end to the season and won five of the remaining eight and drew what you know we're still ending seventh at best so no you you can't say he's massively improved why do you, do you think there is an argument boy there or not not massively <laughs> you put the word massively no. in just any improvement is key for me that's the that's that's the only way you can judge a manager if they've improved the team and all right i, I think i think we have improved as a unit as an attacking unit but i i, I have to say my suspicion is that we improved as a unit almost, almost by accident. And I put that down as I have consistently done to the arrival of Emil Smith-Rowe into the team, which I don't think he, I don't think he gets much credit for, I have to say, if, you re- if we're really honest about it. Almost happened as a fait accompli, really. Yeah, and I'm fine what, with that. You, no. Sorry, go on, Ollie, yeah. No, I'm fine with an accident, oh, yeah. I think. That's, that's not, there's not a yeah, problem. Yeah. But I'm talking about how we're judging him as a manager, right? So what I'm saying is, is that for me, the most, the improvement that's happened is bringing Emil Smith-Rowe into the team, signing Odegaard. I think Odegaard was a brilliant signing. And I know some people seem to think that he's not any good now because after, after that performance against Liverpool, I mean, the whole team was pathetic and abject. He, he, in fact, he was one of the few players that was trying to press a bit, wasn't he? You know, like he actually, you could see he was going to, and he's been excellent, increasingly good week after week after week, you know, brilliant against Spurs, etc. I think he's been a real bonus. I mean, fuck knows whether we'll be able to keep him, but I'm just saying, I think Odegaard coming in, Emil Smith-Rowe coming in, the performances of Saka, you know, um, have all been huge positives. Tierney, of course, I mean, that, that injury, I mean, I read today that people saying he may be out for quite a few weeks, disastrous. But those players, getting those players in the team regularly and playing well, I think we've looked more creative and as an attacking force for me generally. You know, if you look at the general performances over the last 10, 10 games or so, I think we look better as an attacking force. And that is the eye test. That is mostly the eye test. I think statistically, probably barely at all. I just think there's a, there's, I think there's a crux of a really good attacking team there. You know, Odegaard, Saka, Tierney, Lacazette or Aubameyang, whatever, who has in front of them. Um, and so from that point of view, I'm not entirely depressed, but I do think he has a problem, Arteta. And what really worries me about him, I have to say, is this, is the kind of, is the not, changing things in that game against Liverpool and his slowness to substitute. And I think it all comes down to a stubborn, I think stubbornness is one of the worst things in a manager. And you see, I see it in, um, you know, in, in um, Jose Mourinho, I think it's going to, he's going to, you know, he could be gone, you know, within about two weeks from Spurs if, if they carry on like this, because he's so stubborn and he's so kind of like, and it's like that. And when the arrogance curdles a bit and I worry with Arteta, mate, there's something a little bit like that about him a bit. I mean, this is all, you know, complete conjecture on my part. I'm just trying to analyze his psyche, but not to, not to change things in that game. Sort of what I thought was so bizarre and sends a really weird t- message to the team. So I'm kind of completely split on it. I think, I think we have improved. I think the way we play is more attractive than it was this time last season. And certainly under, you know, under the previous manager. Um, but, 
I'm not 100% sure that he's going to turn out to be a great manager. And we are basically, we're like his training ground, aren't we? You know, and it's a big risk. It's a big gamble. There have been some wonderful days, haven't there? I mean, there have been some wonderful yeah, moments. Which there weren't I think many of. The, the, no. I mean, I, you know, if you, if you pick out moments from the last couple of years, the FA Cup semi-final and final were exceptional, where Arsenal battled against superior teams with a plan and had conviction, and we took our chances, and we were as enjoyable as, you know, as any recent Arsenal memories can be. And for that, you have to say... You know, Arteta has clearly got it in him to... Yeah, the highs are higher, get, ...to get it. There have been some massive highs, but the lows feel lower. Yeah, like We right. didn't go through well, a run under get... Emery like we did under yeah. well, Arteta, we did where we had the, these... We did at the end, We didn't have that run <laughs> yeah. of, like, what was it, <laughs> yeah. four defeats in a row at home? You know, yeah. I mean, it just felt yeah. like... Whoever, and, and we got lucky, didn't we? Southampton should have made it five in a row, wasn't it, at one point? It didn't feel quite as... As low as it is, it but did. Emery so. did give us some great, you know, great wins. We beat, you know, I just think Gordon. of that fight to Baku. Yeah, I, mean, I, just, I had a great time in, in Baku. Horror. I had two Hang glorious up. nights of sleep because I just had a new daughter, just a new baby. So two glorious, uninterrupted <laughs> nights of sleep was well worth that flight and everything. So Unai Emery gave you some of your greatest nights of sleep. So you're, he did you're in the last two years. Unai memory. gave me my two. They're very is, specific <laughs> highs for you. <laughs> but but he we we did beat um you know we did beat Tottenham four two um and well, we had some, a couple of. We had a, you know, Valencia, 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 Valencia. Yeah, um, yeah, in, in that really twenty good. match unbeaten run or whatever it was, when you know that, yeah, there was some. Mm. I, you're right. There, it, wasn't, I, it, it was a bit of a shit twenty match unbeaten. It was. It was. Really, it was, it know, was statistically dodgy. Don't 20 get match, me but there wrong were, though. I, I was absolutely a big advocate for Emery to go. Of course, um, yeah, and it all, was. Yeah. he was. He really was. Was all. Here's another way of looking at the question, right? Do you? I think I look at. I look at Chelsea, right? And I know they had a. They had a player sent off in the first half. That had a huge effect on their their, their game. Their loss at the weekend. But up until then, right? I'm beating Thomas Tuchel, and I love him. He seems. See, I, 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 I'm like. A massive fan now of Thomas Tuchel. I see him in interviews. He seems so kind of genuine and clever and blah, blah, I, I, I think if Thomas Tuchel, if we'd have got top rid of our manager around the same time as Chelsea got to theirs, I think Thomas Tuchel would have been got, been much better with this lot of players, I have to say. I don't know that's completely, you know, who knows? I think we say that every time, though, boy. Because I, I remember... Didn't we, get the, didn't we get the previous PSG manager? How did that one work out? Well, I know, I know, but... <laughs> I, I just, I just look what he's, I see what he's doing with those, with those teams and how he's working. Look, I just but even sorry, even with Wenger, we every, I, I always thought if we get rid of Wenger, yeah, whoever yeah. we bring in, yeah, like, is never going to come worse than sixth. I, that's, look, that's there is I a thought. part of this. There is a part of this where you're going. Hang on, we are at home on Thursday. We are favourites against Slavia Prague. We go to Sheffield United, one of probably second worst team in Premier League history. Forget, you know, recent history, second worst team You're in Premier League history. Behind that don't Derby. Jinx it. Don't fuck it. <laughs> I mean, who we wants just to say need to bounce back. We just need to bounce back quickly because it was that bad that it is all about how, how he gets him to, you know, react. And he can come out and do the interviews and shape, you know, do you know what was interesting? I watched Arteta's interview with uh, Sky 
Arteta's interview with Premier League Productions, Arteta's interview with Arsenal's own media, and then Arteta's interview with the uh, press, right? All four. He, he said that it was like the same thing, the same message. Of course. It I might have been shocked. the same interview. I thought they yeah. shared all the interviews. No, it's not. Because you can tell. Lunatic. Sky have got a camera and then he does the one on Zoom with all the press. Yeah, and then yeah, does, yeah. You know, it's four separate interviews. But it was amazing how similar, like word for word, he, he knows what he's delivering. And it was, I was shocked. We've been training great. I didn't see this coming. I take responsibility. And it is just, you know, there seemed like real hurt there. And, what an opportunity now because we, sh- you know, fingers will be. We are heavy favourites to beat uh, to beat Slavia Prague, who Dan probably spotted this as well. But I know had to play with ten men, didn't they, for seventy minutes at, at the weekend? Even though they're flying in their in their mm, league, they're unbeaten. And you want to be in a position, in the and you'll want to be in a position where you are one foot in the semi-finals after after Thursday. And if he can do that, and you know, it's a big if. Know, of course, yeah, of course, I'm not Sheffield but- United. Yeah, of you course. Know, we just feel bit. we just feel differently quickly. Um, but we, I listen. just think Arteta's lucky. Can you imagine if it was like lucky. we had a whole week off now and it's just Sheffield United? Yeah, All I just right. feel he's lucky that we're still in the competition because we were that close, as we know, to going out. So, you know, he'll he'll hold on to that. But the reality of the situation, I I I I think that's perfect. Of course, if we if we progress in the Europa, fine, and and you know, and we've got the in on paper, you know an easier run in the most teams that's all fine but the also we've got Tierney possibly out for uh, you know one uh, if not our best player out for quite a while who knows if Saka and Musmithrow are going to be fit do we know if they're going to be for Thursday who knows I mean, might we've got like we I don't think we're a team that can afford Louise Louise I mean say what you like about him but we fucking missed him in that Liverpool game didn't we I mean it was it was incredible and he's you know he's just had his operations so we've got suddenly got injured players at the wrong worst possible time I'd like to think they're not going to be out for a prolonged period of time because they did say a few weeks especially on, on Louise and that we should whatever the team we put out um, minus Louise, minus Tierney, we, we should be able to beat Prague over two legs. Well, well, Dan, have you have you watched a bit more of the Europa League? Because I mean, they've they've put in some pretty you know impressive results. Been I mean, good. Leicester and Rangers. Yeah. yeah, they are they are they are unbeaten in the Czech first league. Um, they were very good in the group stages. Uh, I commented on a game when they played Nice when Patrick Vieira was in charge. And one of the reasons that he was let go is because they crashed out of, of the Europa League at the group stages. Um, and they've got uh, a kid called Abdullah Sima, whose goals have just dried up a little bit, actually. But he was brilliant in the uh, group stages. He's only 19. And they've got some good players. I think the whole situation around the Rangers and the racist charges against one of their players, I think that will affect them. He's not going to come mm. to play in the first leg. I've forgotten his name. Is it Cadella? Um, they, they say he's injured. He was, um, he has, they say that the, the police are going to speak to him or some lawyers going to speak to him when he came back to Britain, but he, but he played for the Czech Republic against Wales in Wales when Gareth Bale gave him a forearm smash. And this is why apparently he's injured because he's got a facial injury. So he's not going to, I, I think all that around that. Um, is going to affect him a little bit. And I'd still take Arsenal to beat Slavia Prague. But yeah, they, they knocked Leicester out, knocked Rangers out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beat by Leverkusen, beat Nice. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Well, we have to do our predictions then, I think. I think we've reached that moment where 
We have to decide. I, think there was, I mean, I did actually just on this Cadella. There was, there was an article, I think, only an hour or two ago on the on the BBC website, which said that he had been this Cadella been provisionally suspended for one match while UEFA investigates. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. That's right yeah. What's going on? Which is a, which is a bit of a strange one. It feels a bit guilty, you know, to provisionally suspend someone, but they've obviously taken some some kind of action um, against him, and that that has to impact, you know, what what's happened and you know and everything. Yeah. All the, I mean, all the questions going with are going it, to be so, around that, you know, that's going to affect their preparation. I think. Yeah, but it's up to us, isn't it? If we if we play anywhere near the level we did against Liverpool, then it's then they could they could have the whole team could be that could be um, yeah. suspended and for being racist, and they still would win. Um, what do you think, Dan? From having from having seen them, Arsenal Arsenal can advance. I think they can, but they're they're a, they're a good team. They are no back marker. They are, I think, fourteen clear at the top of the table. They they're, they just look well organised. They've got uh, they've got some very good attacking players. Seem is only nineteen. Uh, they've got Oli Yinku who plays on the left-hand side. He's he's got a bit of experience. He's good, um, and they're full of you know Czech and, and Slovak internationals. They, they they won the title last year. They got knocked out of the Champions League qualifiers by Michelin. Um So the, you know it, it, they're beatable, but they're just no backmarker. You know, I'd, ju- I'd just be slight concerned. But I'd, st- I'd still take Arsenal. I'd, I'd take Arsenal to to beat anybody that's left in the Europa League. I mean, even on the other side of the draw, there's United. Is Ajax on the other side of the draw as well? Yeah, you know, I, I, still think Ar- I, I still think Arsenal have got enough. Villarreal have been better recently, but um, you'd still you'd still take Arsenal to beat any of those. Any of those. Well, I would anyway. So what's the know, score on be? their day and all that? Yeah, what's the score going to be on first Thursday? leg at home? Yeah, I'll go two 0 Arsenal. 2-0. Okay, very good. Ollie? I think it's going to be... I think I agree. I think it will be tough. You know, you don't go to, to Leicester and you don't go to Rangers and get a result without being a half-decent team. Um, but I, I think they'll score. But I'm hoping I'm going to go for a 3-1 Arsenal win. Yeah. I'm, uh, Josh? Uh, I think 2-1. I think I think it'll be slightly nervous and leave it really teed up for a second leg but uh, I think Arsenal can, can win 2-1 on the night I'm going to go for um, a really you know. intense one all. oh yeah be, I think it's going to be unbearable unbearable viewing um, and then we have the uh, the dreaded uh, Sunday Lane. 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, against Sheffield. That was a problem slot, wasn't it? Was it was a big it problem was, uh... slot. We generally don't cope with weird fixtures. I think that 8 o'clock Saturday was a disaster for us, obviously, and Sunday 7.15, wherever the fuck time is, is never good for us, even though we are playing the worst team in the world, obviously, at the moment. 7 o'clock dead. 7 yeah, o'clock, seven o'clock dead. Um, Oli? We will win, and I think we'll win. Uh, again, I'll go 3-1. 3-1. Okay. Dan? Clean sheets are hard to come by at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had one for months. Yeah, the Arsenal are going to get one on Thursday. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I think 3 1's about right. I mean, Sheffield United this season have been absolutely woeful, haven't they? Yeah. 3 1. Okay, I'm going to go 2 1. Can I go for the same one? Do you need a different score? Yeah, no, no, you'd be honest. You go for the same one. I mean, who knows what the rules are? Josh? <laughs> uh, another 2 1. Another 2 1 to Arsenal. So, um, yeah. Might, well, might be back we... tonight. Results go our way. Who knows? Whoa. Roaring up the table. Roaring up the table to ninth. This time, next week, we could be in the ninth position and halfway to qualifying for the next round of the Europa League. I mean, things could have been transformed. Um, go Arsenal. Thanks so much to um, Dan and Ollie in the Berkshire oh, yeah. room. 
uh, to Josh in the uh, Soho House room. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you next week. Thanks very much. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.